welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. There was a pastor by the name of Wayne Cordero. He wrote a book called Sifted, and I want to read this section to you because I think it's going to be the heart of what we're going to be talking about today. Cordero writes, Some years ago, there was a sour-looking man that came to one of our New Hope services and found himself in a conspicuous spot on the front row. He crossed his arms, glued them there for the whole service. Seeing his demeanor and enjoying challenges, I set myself to winning him over. I've never done that before. (laughs) But my best anecdotes fell flat. My finest illustrations went unnoticed. At the end of the message, I gave people an opportunity to receive Christ. I usually ask people to close their eyes and bow their heads. But he remained rigid, eyes wide open, arms still folded. The service concluded, and honestly, I breathed a sigh of relief as he got in his car and left. The following week, however, he returned. Same seat, same posture, same response. Then the next weekend arrived, and so did he, like a reoccurring migraine. I gave my best humor on, corked my top illustration, and I called on the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost to somehow minister to this naysayer. But the results were all the same. No change. No response, no nothing. After the last service, I was visiting some congregants, and this man came up and asked if he could have a word with me. I consented, and he walked to the side, and he said, I've made a decision to make this my church home. I stood there frozen, a bittersweet moment of ambivalence and fear. (laughs) Wonderful, I managed to say without inflection. I'm happy for you. Oh, it's not because of you, he said. Great, I managed to say. That inspires me. (laughs) Do you want to know why, he said to me? It's because of the servants here. You see, I came three weeks ago because I heard about this church. I didn't believe anything people told me. So I came to check it out for myself. And at first I thought you had a plastic smile. No one could be that happy. So I came the second week to see if it was still there. Then I figured the third week I'd check out the people. I was talking with some volunteers here, and when I turned to leave, I slipped. I missed the curb and stumbled toward a stone wall. I couldn't catch myself, but one of the young men dove to catch me. Sacrificing himself, I fell on him instead of the stone wall. He tore his shirt, but was concerned only with my welfare and not with any of his injuries. He said it was such a blessing for him to see that I was uninjured. It was at that point that I knew this church was the real thing, and that is why I'm making it my church home. I love that story. Because <laughs> can I be honest with you? I think a lot of times as a church, and we'll just be personalized it, a lot of times as this church, I maybe get a little bit more credit than I deserve. And here's what I mean by that. Most people, when they come to church, you know this, they will make up their mind whether they're going to stay or go within the first five minutes. That's before they heard a note of music or any word from the message. Because it's the people. And and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter how great the preaching is, which is not very good here. And it doesn't matter how good the songs are. People come back for the people. And church, as we're reaching this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's what I want the word on the street to be in Yankton, South Dakota. 
Man, those people love Jesus. Man, they would give whatever it takes to reach as many people. If you're a guest joining us here today, we want to welcome you. You're so glad you're here. For those of you watching online, we've been in our series called Jordan River Rules. Where we talked about how Joshua and the nation of Israel, they were preparing to go into the promised land. They stood on the banks of the Jordan River. And there was these seven different areas, these seven different rules that Joshua helped the children of Israel learn as they went into the promised land to learn that. And there's really three parts of this. We've mentioned this before. The first one is what you're doing right now, Sunday morning, sitting here, listening to God's word. But we want you to be in a life group as well. Mondays and Tuesday nights, if you can make it, we'd love to have you. We also have a group Wednesday that's trying to get started. If Monday and Tuesday nights don't work for you, maybe talk to me about Wednesday. But the last one is, as Andy talked about, if you text that word, Jordan River Rules, to our Connected Celebrate, we get updates throughout the week, so you can walk through that as well. I know many of you are doing that too. But each week we unpack one of the seven Jordan River Rules. And so just kind of by way of review, or if you haven't missed if you haven't been here, we're going to kind of review what those rules are. So the first week we unpack rule number one, Jordan River rule number one. What is it, church? Oh, let's try it again. <laughs> rule number one is what, church? There you go. Now we're getting it. All right, move forward. God designed us to move forward. We can't move forward until we leave the past behind. We need to learn from it, but we need to look ahead. What's rule number two, church? There you go. Dream big. The size of your dream determines the size of your God. And my God is pretty big. See, and we mentioned how good dreams can fail, but God dreams will always come true. Is your dream a good dream or is it a God dream? Does it support his word and build his kingdom? That's how we determine that. And last week, we unpacked rule number three. What is it, church? That's so good. You guys are going to get so good at these when we get through all seven of them. You're just going to like rattle them off. It's going to be awesome. Three times in four verses, God commanded Joshua to be courageous. That's because fear is an easy thing to creep in, and it can steal our God-designed purpose. It can keep us from living out what God wants me to be. And we talked about the problem is when it comes to courage, a lot of times we try to get God on our side. God, come over to my side and be on my side, and God doesn't work that way. See, the question is, are we standing with God? Because if we're standing with God, the greatest power in the universe, we have nothing to be afraid of in our lives. And Joshua learned that as well. So if you haven't already, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you one. We have them here. You can also download Version. It's a free app available on any smartphone or device. But we're going to be walking through, as we said last week, the first three weeks, we just went through the first nine verses. So if you're nervous, don't be, because uh, we want to get God's Word through us. Our goal is not to get through God's Word. It's to get God's Word through us. But today, in verse 10, there's been a shift. I mentioned this last week. The first nine verses are exclusively God talking to Joshua and commanding Joshua where we get those first three rules. Now here in verse 10, the conversation shifts between God and Joshua to God and the people. And if you're here last week, I warned you, church, it's going to get a little uncomfortable. And I love you, and I'm glad that you're here, and we're going to feed you later, so don't worry about it if you get too uncomfortable. But, but this is what we're going to talk about. Verse 10. Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go on and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Now, it's important you understand that Joshua told the people, in three days, we're going to do this. How many days, church? Notice he didn't say, soon. Notice he didn't say someday. 
Notice he didn't say, as God leads, we'll decide when that happens. No. Joshua said, in three days, get ready. Because in three days, we're going to cross the Jordan River. Which gives us Jordan River rule number four. And here it is, church. You might want to write it down. Step up. Jordan River rule number four is step up. What's Jordan River rule number four, church? That's good. We're going to get used to that, right? See, it's good to talk things over. It's good to think through your plans. It's good to walk through what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, none of those things are bad. But none of those do any good unless there's action tied to it. See, we can do all those things. We can talk about moving forward. We can talk about dreaming big. We can talk about being courageous. But we can't do that until we move forward and actually step up and do it. That's why Joshua said, listen, everybody get ready. In three days from now, we're going to cross this river, and we're going to do what God called us to do. And and it's good to set action times. Notice the time frame. In three days, that's important. Do you know that a job will expand or contract the time you set for it? Let let me give you an example. If you say, I'm going to go clean out the garage... And if you're like me, you go out to the garage and you start over here and then you see this over here and you see this over here and, and by, you know, the four hours later, your garage is probably in worse shape than it was when it started, okay? Anybody else have that problem, all right? Versus if you say, I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes cleaning the garage. See the difference in that? Because you only have a limited amount of time, don't you? So that means your focus has to be on the garage, not taking that phone call, not getting distracted. You see where I'm going with this? This is why it's important for us to say, hey, we need to step up. We need to take action. We need to stop talking about it, and we need to start doing it. That's where Joshua says we need to start stepping up. Now, this is this point in the the rest of chapter 12, following verse 11, Joshua actually deals with his very first leadership challenge. So remember, Joshua just took over for the great Moses. He's got these first three rules, the first nine verses. And then he says to the people, okay, get ready. Three days, we're going to go. And then he faces his first leadership challenge. And before we look at it, I want to unpack this for you so you can kind of understand. we got to look back in order to move forward, right? So during the transition from Moses to Joshua, Joshua is leading the nation of Israel. You might hear this a lot in Scripture. There were 12 tribes of Israel. What that was was when... Uh, Jacob and his sons went to Egypt. There were 12 brothers that went down there. Those 12 brothers became the 12 tribes, the descendants of that. There's, there's Reuben, there's, there's Judah, there's all these different tribes. Those are the list of that. So those are ancestral uh, roots are from these 12 tribes. So what happened was, as these people left Egypt, and after the 40 years in the desert they were wandering, they continued to grow in number. They continued to, to increase, as it were. And they came to this spot on the eastern banks of the Jordan River, the same place that it is today, actually. At this point in history, there's about 600,000 men. We know that because Moses actually counted them. There's a book in the Bible called Numbers. I don't know if you know that or not. But God actually counted all the men, 60, age 20 to 60, and there's over 600,000. Now, if that was just the men, 20 to 60, you can imagine all the women, all the children, all the elderly from 60 and over. Most estimates put that at about a million people that Joshua is leading right now. Even by today's standards, that's a pretty significant population, all divided into these 12 families, these 12 tribes, if you make sense of it. Think of it as like the 50 states, if it were, right? And we're all in this area. That's the same size as the town of San Jose, California. That's about a million people. That's a lot of people. They took up a lot of space. Now, why am I telling you all this? 
Because on the banks of the Jordan River on the eastern side, there's this area where this million, basically, community of these 12 families were living. Three of those tribes, in Numbers chapter 32, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and then Manasseh was the biggest tribe, so it was half of Manasseh. So those three tribes basically came to Moses, and they said, Moses, we got a great idea. You know, the, this whole promised land thing, it sounds great, but this area where we're staying at right now, this is kind of a good area. We, we kind of like this area where we're staying right now. Moses, would it be okay with you if, if the, these two and a half tribes, if we just stayed here and we just camped out? Because this is kind of some good land. Now, the first response that Moses had was anger. Moses was pretty upset by this because this was the whole problem. If you remember the story, God's given us this land. We're going to go take this land. And now you're trying to settle here. That's not what God called us to do. And it's interesting what happens here, and I want to unpack this with you. That's why we have to understand that. Numbers 32, verse 16, and it'll be on the screen behind me. These people actually came up to Moses, and this is what happened. They came to Moses, and they said, We would like to build pens here for our livestock and cities for our women and children. But here's the part that is interesting. But we will arm ourselves for battle and go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them to their place. Verse 18 says, we will not return to our homes until each of the Israelites has received their inheritance. Let me unpack that so you make sure you understand it. They said, listen, we're staying in this area right now. This is a good land right here. And Moses, we're not abandoning you. We're not abandoning the vision that God's put. We believe in it 100%. And what we're going to do is we're going to send our fighting men with you into the promised land as you go and as you conquer the land. We're going to stay there as long as it takes to conquer the land but then we're going to come back to this area, and we're going to settle over here. And it's very interesting what happens there. Moses goes to God, and he says, actually, that's a good plan. And actually, we honor that. Now, as a leadership, you have to understand, sometimes as a leader, you can get frustrated with people, and you need to pause for a moment, don't you? Because sometimes God's doing something you're not aware of. See what's happening there? Moses, at first, was very angry and frustrated with the people, but then when he went to God with it and said, actually, this is a good plan. But don't you forget... That when that day comes, you promised you were going to send your people into the promised land, and they're going to fight, and they're going to stay there, and they're going to keep fighting until everything's settled, and then you can come back and settle your land. You with me on this? And, and, and they said, are you going to be able? And they said, yes, Moses, we will remember to do that. And here comes Joshua. Moses is dead. Joshua has a challenge. Joshua goes to those tribes. Joshua 1, you're hopefully still in Joshua 1, verse 13. He goes to these three tribes. They're called the Transjordan. If you remember, you say Transjordan. Those are those three tribes. And he said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. Verse 15, until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them, after that, you may go back and occupy your own land. Let me put that to you in another way. All right, you made this deal with Moses. God approved it. God is for this. God understands that this land we're already living in is still a good land. It's okay to come back here. But now you need to make good on your promise. Because you told Moses, listen, I'm still going to send our fighting men to the land. We're still going to fight. We're still going to do that until the land is settled. And then we're going to come back here and we're going to settle this land for ourselves. What was their response? These three tribes, how did they respond to Joshua? 
Did they go back in their word? They say, ah, you know, we said that to Moses, but you're not Moses, you're Joshua, so no, we're, we're out of it. They didn't say, oh, well, you know, ah, it sounded like a good plan, but maybe we'll send half our men and maybe we'll stay. No, no, listen to what they said, verse 16. Then they answered, these are the heads of those three tribes to Joshua. Whatever you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. It's a powerful statement. These are the people that, again, they're already in this land. They already have their land. They've already gotten the possession that God has called these three tribes to get. But they said, listen, we're going to go with you and we're going to fight with you. And can we just be honest? Like, it's easy to kind of sanitize this, but some of these men probably aren't going to come back from this battle. Some of these men might actually give their lives. They're definitely, even if they come back, they're definitely going to lose some time with their families, won't they? They're going to be away from their families. It's probably going to cost them some money. They're not going to be able to grow the crops and the, and the livestock like they probably would if they were all there. Do you see what I'm talking about? It. They're giving something up because they're going to fulfill the promise that they gave you. If I could just say it one other way, church, they're stepping up. They're stepping up and they're saying, listen, this is not about me. See the parallel? When it comes to fighting for God's kingdom, it's not about me. It's not about my peace. It's not about my comfort. It's there's land that needs to be taken. There are people that are part of our nation that don't yet have what we have, and it's our responsibility as God's chosen people to fight until everyone is home where they need to be. And they say to Joshua, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll go wherever it's going to go. And may the Lord, your God, be with you. Church, can I just ask you something? Where do you need to step up? Is there something God has placed on your heart, but for whatever reason, you've just kind of kept pushing it to the side? Just kind of maybe avoiding it? Is there a comfort that you now enjoy, but maybe it's keeping you from a ministry that God's calling you to do? Is there a gift, something maybe that you're really good at that maybe would help people meet Jesus, but for some reason you feel a little self-conscious or you don't really feel like you're being used that way? How about this one? Is there a promise that you once upon a time made to God? God, if you would get me out of this situation, God, if you would provide, I will. And maybe you haven't fulfilled that promise yet. Maybe you're like these Transjordan tribes. Yeah, yeah, I promised that to Moses when Moses was here. But now's the time for me to step up and to make good on the promise that I made. What is it that you need to step up on? What's that area? And and I just want to say this again before we move forward. If you're a guest, if you're a first-time person here, welcome home. (laughs) We're so glad that you're here. And what I'm about to walk through is really good advice. And and, and I pray that that you'll take this and and, and you'll, you'll follow it and you'll understand it. But I just need to talk to the people in the room who say, this is my church home. That God has called me to be part of Celebrate Church I just need to tell you, church, this is not optional. This is a command by God. It's time for us, as his people in our community, to step up. It's not about you. It's not about your comfort. It's about making sure that everybody in this community knows Jesus Christ and has a place to call home, and we want that to be Celebrate Church. Amen?
So if you got your note sheets, I'm going to give you three ways you can step up. All right, I want to make it real practical, and these are three ways. And before I go through these three, I'm going to say this, and you're going to hear me say it probably a couple times. I'm not saying pick one. <laughs> I'm saying all three. Okay, this is not like, oh, I, I'm really, no, no. These all three are required. This is how you can step up. Here's the first one. You can give your time. You can give your time. To which you would say, well, I don't have any time, Pastor. <laughs> it's the number one thing I hear from people. I am just so busy. I don't have any time. But here's the thing I want to say is, we don't really have time, but I think we do. And, and, and let me help you with that. See, no matter your income level, no matter your education, no matter your social standing, when you woke up this morning, you had the exact same number that every man, woman, and child on planet Earth had. You might want to write this number down, 168. Every single man, woman, and child on planet Earth woke up this morning with the same number, 168, no matter their education, no matter their social standing, no matter their income. What's 168? That's how many hours you have in this week. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's your 168. You don't get any more, you don't get any less. Let me ask you, how are you going to spend those 168? Because that's what you have control over. And I'm going to say this, and this might hurt. When you look back on last week, Whatever you gave your time to is what really matters in your life. And you might push against that, but I'm going to say it again. Whatever you give your time to is what really matters. What are you giving your time to? Look at how you spend your time. And I'm going to say it like this, too. You know, when we talk about how we don't have as much time, we don't have much time, I guarantee you that the President of the United States has the same amount of hours you do. I guarantee you Elon Musk has the same amount of time you do. But I think he probably uses it a little differently than we do, right? I don't think Elon Musk maybe, I wonder, I don't know him personally, but I wonder how many hours on YouTube he spent watching this week. <laughs> probably not very much. Look at a guy like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's one of the people that are the most successful investor in probably the history of American. You know how much he reads in a week? He reads a lot. You know why? Because that's what matters to him. Whatever you spend your time doing is what matters to you. And, and I'm going to personalize it, too. You know, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, pastor, I know, you're, I know you're really busy. Everybody look right here. I'm not busy. I'm intentional. And this is a discipline that I've had to work really, really hard at. I sit down with my schedule, and I look at my 168, and I say, okay, I'm, I'm a person. Okay, i got to take care of me. i got to make sure I'm sleeping. Okay, i got to make sure I'm, I'm spending my time with God, taking care of myself right? I'm a partner. I'm a parent. I just got to spend time with Elaine. I got to spend time with my family. I got to invest in that. I'm a pastor. I got to invest time in the church. I got to see where that's going to go. And I also work for River City Cleaners. And so I got to plan where that's going to be at. What's my job going to be at? And at the end of the day, when I go through all of that, this might surprise you. Out of my 168, after I sleep, after I take a Sabbath, after I do all that stuff, I still have 14 and a half hours a week. That's almost two and a half hours a day that are wide open, that I can do whatever I want with. See, it'll surprise you if you sit down today and you look at your week and you see how you spend your time, how much time you actually have. And then I'm going to ask you again, how you spend your time matters, doesn't it? How you spend your time will determine what actually matters to you and how are you building that time for God's kingdom. Now, these trans-Jordan tribe that we're talking about, like... They not only just said, hey, here's a couple hours of my day, Joshua. They actually committed to a season. 
where they said, listen, in this season of life, what I'm going to do is I'm going to commit this season of my life to you until the land is conquered, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to give that. Maybe God's calling you to give a season of your life. Maybe God's saying, in this season of my life, I'm going to give up, and I'm going to step up this plate, and I'm going to give this season of my life. Where is God calling you to step up when it comes to time? Here's the second one. You might want to write this down. I can give my talent. I can give my time, and I can give my talent, to which you might say, I don't have a talent, Pastor. Oh, yes, you do. Every single person God uniquely created with special gifts and abilities. That's what we call the body of Christ. And we're going to unpack this one in coming weeks. I'm not going to go very much into detail on that. But I'm just going to say, listen, every single one of you has a gift that you can give to God. And I'm even going to personalize it even here on Sunday. There's a lot of ways that you can give your talents here Sunday morning, every week that we gather. There's a lot of things that have to be done, and, and, and I even say have to be done. We get to do, because we get to further God's kingdom, and there's talents that you can use to do that. And I could go around this room, and I could share story after story of how people use their talents in that way. What are the talents that God's given you that you can use? And I'm going to go back to the beginning of my message and that story that I shared from Pastor Wayne Codero, right? It was about the other people. It's to say, listen, I'm going to give of my talent to help somebody else so they can build that relationship and build that connection. It's all about the people. And one of the things that God's given me with is God's given me the ability to understand his word and communicate it. That's the reason why I'm up here doing this. And and even if I wasn't the pastor of this church, I'd still be doing that because I love it. Whatever your talent is, you should love, you should joy. That's why I always say, if you start serving in an area of this church and you don't like doing it, Everybody look right here. Stop doing it, (laughs) okay? It should be a joy to you. If you go to the doctor and you say, it hurts when I do this, don't do that. Find something that's a joy. It should be a joy. It should be a blessing to you. That's how we can use our talents. So we can give our time. We can give our talents. Here's the third one. We can give our treasure. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. To which you might say, I don't have enough treasure, Pastor. Okay, and and maybe that's true. And and I'm going to write, you might want to write this down. We're not going to go there, but Numbers chapter 7. I'd encourage you to read it this week, and you're going to be confused when you actually get there. Um, But Numbers chapter 7 is actually the third longest chapter in the Bible. It's 89 verses. And I'm going to say something kind of strange, but I'll unpack it for you. It's probably one of the most boring chapters of the Bible you'll ever read. You're like, Pastor... There's not boring, there's boring chapters in the Bible, okay? It's 89 verses, and here's what's happening. Every single one of these 12 tribes comes before Moses and gives gifts, and they give what they have. Each one of the tribes come forward, and they give a certain amount of gold. They give a certain amount of goats. They give a certain amount of grain. All of these things to give to God, and it goes through and lists every single one of the tribes and itemizes every single item and the amount that was given 89 verses, it will put you to sleep if you have trouble sleeping the night, okay, church? Why? Why would God preserve that in his word for thousands of years? Because everybody can give something. I don't care what your income level is. I don't care what your expense level is. I guarantee you, everybody can give something. And when it comes to our treasure as a church, if we were all fully committed to Christ and saying, listen, what can I give? What could God do with that? And when all of those 12 tribes combined all of those resources together, man, it made an impact, didn't it? 
And that's what God wants us to do. See, are you using your treasure for your comfort? Or are you using your treasure to build God's kingdom? So when it comes to stepping up, church, again, I told you this is going to be uncomfortable. Again, if you're a guest, I hope you come back. But if you're part of Celebrate, this isn't optional. Your time, your talent, your treasure. I'm not telling you to pick one. I'm saying it's going to take all three, all three areas. And I want to read again to you verse 16. The words of these tribes, these three tribes that had their land, that had their comfort, that had their treasure, coming to Joshua, and they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. What are they saying there? They're saying, we're going to step up. We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to go wherever. Yeah, it's going to cost us some time. Yes, it's going to take us away from our family. Yes, it's going to put our life at risk. But we're going to give of our talent. We're going to give of our treasure because we want everybody to know the love of Christ and build their kingdom. And you've heard me say this throughout this series, but I want to remind you, it had absolutely very little to do with building a physical kingdom. God told the nation of Israel to go on that land because he was trying to establish a spiritual kingdom that would never end, that the whole world would come to know the love of Christ through this nation of Israel, and God would eventually send Jesus through that would become the redemption of the world, which is why they kept asking Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that's finally going to reestablish the great nation of Israel to which Jesus would say, you don't get it. It's not about a physical, earthly kingdom. It's about building God's kingdom, the kingdom that will never end. And that's the opportunity that you and I have to build God's kingdom. We know what Jesus has done for us on the cross and how he has saved us. And now we have the most precious gift of mankind, and we can give that gift to everyone in our community. But it's going to take our time. It's going to take all of our talents. And it's going to take our treasure. Church, are you willing to do whatever and go wherever to reach as many people as you possibly can? Now, throughout this series, one of the things that we're doing is we're taking a moment to kind of look back in our history of our church. And each week we talk about a different area that we've, we've covered and, and different lessons that we've learned throughout this. Um, this week, as I mentioned, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. But I want to share something with you that we have not talked about for a very long time. In fact, looking around the room, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of you that probably this will be new information for. For some of you, you're probably going to go, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, and where did that go? And we're going to talk about that. See, as you know, on... April 2nd, we're going to celebrate our five-year anniversary as a church, which is awesome. We praise God for what God's doing. When God called Elaine and I to Yankton, it was around the year 2016 when he very clearly called us here to Yankton. And I remember as we were preparing to move and preparing for the church, one of the days that I was in prayer of this, I got out a map because I was learning about Yankton. And, and I looked at the community of Yankton and I said, you know, God, and I really felt God saying, you know, it's not just about Yankton. And what God had me do is I had him take a map, and we had to draw a 30-mile radius around the community of Yankton. And I started doing some homework. I started doing some research. I'm not from this area, okay? So I'm still learning it even after five years. But this is kind of my introductory course to this. And in that area at that time, this is about 2017 when I did this, there at that time in our area, 30 miles around Yankton, is about 35,000 people. And basically what God said is, God said, Jeff, that's the area I'm calling you to. That's the territory that I want you to claim. 
And so um, what I did was, it's, it's interesting, February 27th, 2017, this is six years ago this week. How crazy is that? I didn't plan it this way, but as I was preparing this message, I went back and looked at when it was, and it was six years ago. This very week, God called me to come down to Yankton, and I took a trip. And uh, I got some pictures here to show you, because I want to I show this to you. This is actually my odometer picture. Um, I traveled 292 miles. Why did I do that? Because God said, everywhere you set your foot is where it's going to be. And, and this is going to be the land I'm calling you to. So I started in Yankton. This is the picture I took that day. A little bit of snow on the ground. I started in Yankton, and then there's, I went all four directions from Yankton. I went up north, um, and I went out to Irene. Kind of the Highway 46 is kind of the boundary, if you want to think about it that way. I went to Irene. I got out of my car. I took that, that very picture you're looking at right now. I prayed for the community of Irene. And I remember that every single man, woman, and child in Irene, South Dakota, matters to God. And a lot of them come to Yankton for Hy-Vee, Walmart, Menards. I think they might want to come here for Jesus too, right? And then I drove down Highway 46. I got to the town of Scotland, Scotland, South Dakota. I don't know if I've ever been to Scotland until that day, actually. That's probably the first time I'd been to Scotland. And I pray you can see the snow on the ground again. That was February 27th. And I prayed for the community of Scotland. I said, guess what? Every man, woman, and child in Scotland, South Dakota matters to Jesus Christ. And I think they come to Yankton for, you know, high vee Walmart. You with me on this? You see where I'm going with this? And then I went to the west. And so the west was Highway 37 was kind of my boundary. I went to Avon. Now, you know, Avon's probably a little further than 30 miles. I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm not going to get into logistics on that. Same thing. Got on my car, prayed for Avon. Then I went to Tyndall, little town of Tyndall. And then I went south, and I went to the town of Springfield, which that was the first time I'd ever been to Springfield. Again, got out of my car, prayed, took that picture. And then from Tyndall, I went south. So northwest, and I went south, south into Nebraska. And this is very unfamiliar territory to me because I was not familiar with this area at all. I went to the town of Crofton. There's Crofton, little Crofton. Then I drove over to Bloomfield, little town of Bloomfield. And then I went to Hardington. There's a picture of Hardington. Same thing. Every one of these communities got out of my car, took those pictures, prayed to God, and said, the people in this town matter to you. Then after we went to Hardington, I, I went over east, um, so like the, kind of the Highway 19 corridor, went to the town called Vermilion. This is a town I'm very familiar with. If you don't know, that's where I went to college, the greatest institute of higher education, USD. Go Yotes! Where were my Yotes? Okay, there. Uh, <laughs> but I know Vermilion. And I know, I know there's a lot of good churches in Vermilion. Actually, one of the pastors of one of the churches was at our Jesus Revolution movie. And I hadn't, here's how crazy God is. I hadn't connected with him for about 10 years. We saw each other last week at the Jesus Revolution movie, and we're talking, we're in conversation now about that. How cool is that? You think the people of the community in Vermilion matter to Jesus Christ? You think all those college students matter to Jesus Christ? Amen. And then the uh, last place I went up to was a little town I'd, I had never been to before called Gayville. Well, no, I've been through there, but I've never been to it, you know. Got out and walked around. And, and I know, I know, you know, there's other towns in those areas, but, but here's the thing. The, specifically, those 10 communities. Those 10 communities broke my heart. And I mentioned this in our first week, and I mentioned this before. I said, God had said, everywhere where you set your foot, this is your territory. And then I had shared this vision, and again, if you've been here for a while, you've heard me say this, this isn't new information. God didn't just call me to Yankton, God called me to this area. And so um, my beautiful wife made this cool map, actually had somebody make it for me. This actually, if you don't know, um, 
This hangs in my office right above my desk. And every single message I have prepared, every Zoom call, this is right above it. And if you can't see it, I actually have a, a smaller version of it here. You can come up and see it later. But basically, Yankton's in the center. There's a dot. And then there's those 10 communities with little dots around it. And it's uh, the passage from Isaiah 6 that says, And I heard a voice from the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go with us? And I said, Here I am, Lord, send me. Um, and this is where I'm going to get emotional. I've never lost that vision. Every person in those communities matters to Jesus Christ. And, and I shared this in, in week one, that I went through a season of this church was, was a struggle about two years ago. And, and I thought in my head, and this is what I shared, I said, you know, God had said to me, Jeff, are you okay being Moses? Are you okay just coming down here, preaching your guts out, 25 people, and this whole generation, never, you never see any difference. But the next generation comes along, and they claim the promised land. Jeff, are you going to be okay if you're just Moses? And I had to have a moment with God where I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to surrender that. Because on my plan, right, my 15-year plan, I already had churches in three of those communities, right? <laughs> but, but, but none of that's happened. But, but here's what I want to tell you. I think it's got more to do with what God wants to do than Jeff Todd. See, I think if God would have done that and God would have given us that at that time, I think it would have been more about me than it would have been about the name of Jesus Christ. You see where I'm talking about that? I can't do this on my own. I'm going to need our community to come and do this and to see this. And so, so that's the vision that God's given us is what we're going to be doing. And, and, and so what I'm going to say is this is the vision of that. And, and what does this mean? We're going to be unpacking what this looks like in the couple weeks ahead. But what I'm talking about is we're talking about putting churches in these communities. And, and, and we talked last week about our building here and what that looks like and how our goal here is we can service between two services where we're at without doing any construction to our building. We can service about 250 people a weekend in these buildings. I want a lot of those percentages to come from Hardington, from Crofton, from Vermillion. You see where I'm going with this? That they can come here and see this. And then we get to the point where we say, oh, hey, by the way, instead of driving that half an hour every Sunday, um, why don't you just turn on your TV screen and gather some people in your community and just put me up on the screen. We actually have a, a behind this curtain, we have a giant screen that's just sitting there. Frustrates me. Like, why is it just sitting there? Why can't that go to somewhere? Why can't that go to Avon? And we put up a projector and somebody pushes play and there's a place in Avon that, that now there's a church there. Because, see, I think we make it complicated and it's not complicated. L let me give you another example just to kind of make it a little more personal. Two weeks ago, we had a group uh, from our church, you might not have known this, Elaine and I and two other couples took a drive to Sibley, Iowa. Very intentional why we did that. I've been there before. Pastor Josh and Heather, who are on our board, planted a church in Sibley, Iowa, and it's awesome. It's great. Here's how it started. Josh and his wife, Heather, would drive from Sibley, Iowa, all the way to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And when COVID happened, they said, you know what? We can't drive to Sioux Falls anymore, but we have a TV. We have two other families in Sibley, and we're going to gather around the TV, and we're just going to put that on, and we're going to worship God in Sibley, Iowa. And God did a work in that community, and now they're a full-fledged church, and Josh and Heather are doing a fantastic job. And that, yeah, amen. amen. It's not complicated. But it takes time. It takes talents. It's going to take treasure. That's what we want to do. We want to build God's kingdom. I'm going to go one step further 
with it because I think this is definitely what God has been showing me specifically the last two years. In case you haven't noticed, we meet in a restaurant. And how many times have you guys heard me say this? We need to be something six days a week. We're a restaurant, and oh, by the way, on Sunday, we close our doors down, and we worship God on Sunday here. How cool is that model? And, and, and I've talked to Ursula and April about this. We're in conversations right now. Do you think it'd be kind of cool to get a Cheers Pizza Plus in Avon? I think Avon might like to have a Cheers Pizza Plus there. And, and oh, maybe they did. And oh, by the way, on Sunday morning, we, we, we shut down the restaurant, and we just put, put it up on the screen. Eventually, we grow that to church. See where I'm going with that? Now, it might be different, maybe different communities, maybe there's other things that we could do, but how big is your God? How big is your God? Because I'm telling you, that's the territory I want to take, and I'm going to go back to Joshua 10, verse, verse 10 and 11. And, and this is our charge for this church as we're moving to cross this Jordan River. This is how this series ties in with our whole series. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will come and cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Church, it's time to step up. It's not someday, it's today. Our first number one objective is we want to reach this community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So don't go too far down the road. This is our focus right now. We need to get Yankton where Yankton needs to be. But never lose sight of the vision that God's called us to do. There are no spectators in God's kingdom. I'm going to say that one more time. There are no spectators in God's kingdom. And maybe God is not calling you to plant a church. Maybe God's not calling you to move. Talk about these Transjordan tribes, right? God didn't call them to go into the promised land, but God did tell them to fight. Every man, woman, and child who's part of this church, your job is to fight for God's kingdom in this area. Even if it doesn't mean that you're leaving, even if it doesn't mean that you're Maybe God's called you to stay here at church. That's fine, but we're going to fight. Are you willing to do whatever? Are you willing to go wherever? Are you willing to step up, church? And here's my prayer. That five years from now, we play this video. And we talk about how we were just this room here in Yankton, South Dakota. Because that's all it was five years ago. Five years ago was me in a car. There was none of this five years ago. How cool would it be to look at that community, look at that map, and see lives being changed? Not churches, not restaurants, not Sunday gatherings. People who are far from God, who now have a relationship with God, who have the eternity secure who have their children loving God, who are raising up the next generation to know that our community is where the kingdom of God grows. Because it's not about me. And because a group of people five years ago, meaning right now, were okay giving up their time, were okay using their talents, and not holding on to their treasure because it's not about them. We're going to go fight for God's kingdom. And church, I'm just looking for people who want to go fight. Let's pray. God, you gave Joshua and you gave the nation of Israel a bold vision. And God, even though at the time there were about a million people, they were vastly outnumbered when it came to the, the nations and the areas around them. And God... 
when we look at our country right now, and when we see the darkness in our communities, God, it might seem like it's an impossible task. It might seem like we're too far gone, forever changing and forever growing God's kingdom. But God, you just reminded me this week, it's always darkest right before the dawn. The light of your kingdom is rising in this area. And every one of those 10 communities, God, matters to you. Those 35,000 people need to have a relationship with you. And God, I lift up to you, Yankton. I'm so thankful that you called us here five years ago. I'm so thankful for all the lives that have been changed, God. But there's so many more that need to happen. God, I lift up on our Highway 46 corridor, Irene, Scotland. God, I pray for the communities on 37, Avon, Tyndall, Springfield. God, our neighbors to the south in Nebraska, Crofton, Bloomfield, Hardington. God, our neighbors to the east, Vermilion, Gayville. Those 10 communities, God, that five years ago you said to me, go set your foot in that land because they need to be part of our kingdom. I've never forgotten that. And God, we underestimate what you can do in the next five years. But man, do I want to see all of those communities come to know you. And God, maybe it's putting restaurants there. God, maybe it's, God, maybe it's other things. Maybe there's mechanics. Maybe there's teachers. I have no idea what you have in store, but you do. And God, would we be a, a community here in Yankton that is okay given our time? It's going to cost us. Are we going to be okay using our talents? Are we going to be okay giving our treasures for the benefit of that? Making investments, planting seeds that we may never see grow into trees, but you will, and for your kingdom. And God, I'm so grateful for a group of people here in Yankton who get it, who understand that it's not about Jeff Todd, it's not about Celebrate Church. It's all about people meeting Jesus and lifting up his name. And we're going to give you thanks in advance for everything that you're going to do in the next five years and beyond. We thank you and praise you and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.